Welcome back to episode number 104 of the NP Dude. This is Jeff the NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners voice. That's all of our voices, so keep comments, questions, concerns, headaches, problems, issues, legal problems, contract questions, I don't care what it is, personal relationship issues, whatever it is, I want to hear from you guys because if it's bugging you, it's got to be bugging me and it should be bugging everybody else that's out there listening. So send me those comments, jeff at the npdude.com. You can always catch me on Facebook and give me a PM there as well. You can uh, tag me at the NP Dude. You can always just go and do the search and find the NP Dude. But you got to put the the or else you'll get some guy across the world. It's not me. So send me that stuff, guys. I want to hear what's going on with you guys. I haven't heard really a lot. I've been tagged a handful of times about some contract stuff, but it's been pretty silent. I think it's we're coming into the fall season. I think... Uh, you know, maybe it's uh, Halloween is about, you know, in a day or so. So maybe it's people are busy doing that stuff. I know kids are back in school and, uh, you know, it's the middle of the semester. So a lot of people are just busy doing things. But if there's something that's bugging you, I want to hear from you guys because uh, we need to talk about it. That's how we get things out in the open. We figure out what we need to do for them. Some of the stuff that I want to talk about today, I'm just going to go through. We'll do some housekeeping stuff. We're at 1639-ish, I think. There was a huge spike over the, the last weekend. Today's a Monday. It's cold and crappy in Northeast Ohio, but it's what it is. It's Ohio. Huge spike. I mean, it was like 70 people like the show over the weekend. I mean, was, that's that's pretty remarkable. So we're getting really close. We're at 16, almost 16 and a half. Um, we're, you know, 300 and some from my puppy. He's barking at stuff. Quit barking at stuff, dude. You guys hear him growling? Nobody's growling at <laughs> He's growling. Oh, yeah. You're tough, I know, right? You're protecting us from that leaf that's blowing outside. Tough guy. So we only have like 350, 360 people until we hit that 2,000 mark. I want to hit that before the end of the year. So we're getting really close, guys. I need your help, though. That's how we're getting this thing out there is because you guys are doing a lot of the legwork. I'm seeing people tagging me. I'm seeing people saying, hey, check out this episode. I'm seeing... Uh, People I'm here. People are sending me emails saying, "Hey, I'm telling my class about what's going on because our instructors aren't teaching us the things that we need to know on what it is to be uh, a nurse practitioner and scope of practice issues and legality issues and and liability and malpractice. All this stuff is important stuff that people just don't learn in NP school. And uh, I'm giving it to you free, so it's easy, right?" Taking, taking away your pain and uh, it doesn't cost you anything except you got to listen and and the only way I'm asking you guys to support the show is a couple ways one is to like and share the show as much as possible if you think that you uh, are getting some benefit from what I'm doing here then just hit the like button on an episode or on my main page and uh, tell your friends about what's going on because if you take the time to do that it shows other people that uh, you know this might be worth their time as well another great way is to give me a rating on iTunes or on uh, the Facebook page as well so give me ratings we were up to 40 some i don't know on on my facebook page and uh, i think i only have one four so that's great but tell me the truth if you guys think i'm a three i'm telling you i keep saying it i think i'm average at best <laughs> i'm not a five so somebody give me some real ratings out there tell me what you really think if it's if it's a three it's a three but just tell me why if it's a one all i ask is you just give me some heads up of why it's a one and um that's just you know i'm just it's just common courtesy to me i think if, if somebody's going to give you a really bad rating that you give them an opportunity to correct now that being said, I appreciate your time doing it. So if you're going to give me a one, I'm cool with it. I'm open source. This is as good as it gets. I'm doing the best I can. And if it's a if it's a two or a three or a five, great. It's up to you guys to help me figure out what that is. The um, other way that you guys can help support the show, a couple other ways. 
One is to use the Amazon affiliate link. So if you're interested in buying something on Amazon and you want to support the show, this is a great way to do it where it doesn't cost you a dime to do it. Some places on podcasts, they have links to, to donations or members like subscriptions where you get the good stuff. I'm giving you the good stuff that I can give you. Everybody's getting it free. So what can you do? You can go to my Amazon affiliate link. You basically go to my website, thenpdude.com. Click on the link for Amazon. It takes you right to Amazon. Type in the search bar, whatever you want to buy. Do the shopping you otherwise would have done. It doesn't cost you a penny. I swear to God, it doesn't. I'm not going to lie to you because it's not worth making people mad at me. I'm, just, I'm doing this for fun. But what I, it does do is it gives me a couple percentage of the purchase kicks it back to me, and I'm using that to help pay for web hosting. I'm not making a lot of money on this. I'm not even going to probably break even on it. But if I can offset some of my cost, I'll keep this thing going. If it doesn't seem like it's worth it and people aren't you know, helping support the show, then I'm not sure I'm going to keep doing it next year because my wife, i got to explain to her why I'm spending money on something. <laughs> and if I'm just talking to the ether and nobody's really caring about what's going on, then then uh, that's one way that I can recognize if, if it's really uh, really valuable to, to people. If it's If it's good information, I'll keep doing it. Another way you can help support the show, if you're an Ohio person, I've gotten about, I don't know, eight or ten people that are interested in contract review work. I do have uh, Mondays off at home, and uh, it's a great opportunity if somebody's got a contract question, you want me to review your contract. I'm not looking to give free legal advice. If it's information that I can point to one of my podcasts, it's just general information, and you want to take the risk of 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 either trying to get out of a contract or entering into a contract, if you want to hire me as your attorney for review of a contract, just give me an email, jeff at the npdude.com. you got to be an Ohio person, though. I'm not going to break any rules of ethics and uh, lose my Ohio license. I work too damn hard for it. But you can do that, too. So if you want to support the show or support me, you can always give me an email saying, hey, here's my contract. I don't know what my liability is here. Uh, is this sound reasonable? And I'll be happy to review that. I've done a bunch of them now um, for people in my class. I've done several for me. I've looked at just contracts from all over the country, but I don't have time to read them and give legal advice on them because if they're in Ohio, I got to charge you. If it's outside of Ohio, I'm going to just read it and say, yeah, go talk to a lawyer <laughs> or don't worry about it. You know, it's you should talk to a lawyer anyways. I got to protect myself, right? So that's another great way you can support the show. All right, that's enough about housekeeping. So what do we want to talk about today? We've got a couple of them that I want to talk about and um, we'll do the first one and and then I'll, I'll kind of give you the heads up. The first one's going to be an issue about um, collaborating or the possibility of collaborating with a chiro chiropractor. Okay, and what does it, what's the legal ramifications of doing that? Or a naturopath or anybody that's like that. Okay, so that's that's one issue that we're going to talk about. But then I also want to talk a little bit about, in, in a minute here, about um, the exempt status thing again. Because I see people saying it and getting it wrong all over the place. And it bears going through again. And maybe I can clean it up a little bit. I'm hoping. If not, you guys can go back and listen to the exempt. You know, are you a contract, contract or contract employee or an employee at will? And in there I talk about exempt versus non-exempt status. And um, people just get this wrong all the time. I don't know why. It's, I, it, it doesn't seem to be that confusing to me, but for some reason it's just it's completely screwed up every time I see people talking about it. I'll do that one second, only because you guys can go back and re-listen to that show if you want. If you're like, oh, I'm going to go get the basics to it, I'll go back and do it because it's going to be kind of a reiteration and I haven't re-listened to that show in a long time, I probably, I don't know if I ever did. And I'll, so I'll try to hit it again, explain it again, and maybe it'll be in a different way and maybe with different examples and hopefully it'll make more sense. 
But as far as chiropractors, can you collaborate with a chiropractor? And it, this is a big fat, it depends. It depends on your state. Most states do not recognize chiropractors, even though they are a doctor of chiropractic, they do not recognize them as a physician. In Ohio, and this is what I know is Ohio, so I'm not looking up other states. You guys need to go look at your Nurse Practice Act. It'll tell you in there what, the, what your rules are. But in Ohio, your Nurse Practice Act, or our Nurse Practice Act, specifically states that we can collaborate with a physician or podiatrist. I don't even think it says dentist. It might say dentist, but I don't think it does. So that's really who we can collaborate with. We cannot collaborate with a chiropractor. And I had someone tag me, um, well, kind of in a roundabout way, about a chiropractor in the, my area that was looking to hire an NP for work. And the scope of the employment there was, can you work for a chiropractor? Yes, you can, but your collaborative has to be a physician or a podiatrist. However, this being said, it depends on what the chiropractor wants you for. Do they want you to be a family practice nurse practitioner and you're an FNP and you're collaborating with a family practice physician? So be it. It's fine. Your employer is just a company that writes a check to pay you. That that has nothing to do with the collaborative situation or the collaborative um, agreement arrangement. So your standard care arrangement, all that stuff has nothing to do with it. That just happens to be who signs your front side of your check. So the question then is, What's this individual trying to do? There's, and there's multiples. I've seen multiple people on a, a comment on a Facebook thread that came through. And somebody I know was looking at an opportunity. And I've actually spoken with this with a chiropractor not too long ago, but about scope of practice issues. And really what it comes down to is what's the scope of practice that they want you to do? And what's the scope of practice of your collaborative? Because in Ohio, and like most jurisdictions, if you have a collaborative agreement, you are limited and bound by the scope of practice of the collaborative. So if they want you to do you know, trigger point injections and prescribe weird things that aren't necessarily on a formulary, but maybe it's okay to do those. If your collaborative doesn't prescribe those same medications, and if your collaborative doesn't do trigger point injections, has been trained to do trigger point injections, or, or is doing them in their day-to-day practice, I would not feel comfortable working in that environment, period, because my scope of practice exceeds that of my collaborative, and you're setting yourself up for a board action. Would the board know about it? Probably not, unless there was a problem. <laughs> so, so you're prescribing things you really haven't learned about. You're doing procedures that maybe you're not familiar with, even with training, but is it something that you really want to risk? Say somebody gets an infection because, you know, you, you did the procedure right, but they get an infection where you did a trigger point injection. Now they get a cellulitis, they go to a different provider. This provider, you know, or even ER says, I went to my uh, family practice nurse practitioner who's doing trigger point injections. They call the board and say, look, you know, they make a complaint against you. So one physician that doesn't like you in the community just because you're taking work or they think you're a quack or whatever it is, they turn around and end up, end up filing a claim against you. You're screwed. It doesn't matter how it happens, it's that it does happen. So the risk is too high, in my opinion, for someone that spends an exorbitant amount of money gaining experience, training, and skill as a nurse practitioner to throw it away doing trigger point injections and only trigger point injections and maybe joint injections or, you know, some kinds of, with the occasional, oh, you got to sign your situs and I'll give you some augmentin. That, that doesn't seem to make a whole hell of a lot of sense to me. Um, that scares me to be honest with you. Now, in a, in a perfect world, 
you could find a, a chiropractor that would say, you know what, you, you, you collaborate with this person. Here's an office. Here's some two exam rooms. Here's equipment and staff for scheduling. And you can run through my office your family practice and oh by the way i've got a nice collaborative already set up ready to go for you and you guys work out what your scope is together and if it makes sense let's make this make sense but as long as it's all on the up and up that's a kick-ass deal that might be a sweet deal but that's on you though i mean you got to ensure that you're following what your scope of practice is regarding your collaborative now in a full practice authority state as long as you get the training and the skill and all that stuff you can work in a, in a chiropractic office and it's not necessarily a big deal. Now, the, the theoretical question, and this is more of a personal preference in my opinion, is do you believe in the holistic side of things like chiropractic, naturopathic, those types of things compared to conventional medicine? And I got to be honest with you, I'm somewhere in the middle. I think there's things that conventional medicine overlooks and I think that they're, they just have done it this way for so long because that's the way it is. is for example, I think treatment of cholesterol is, is overstated. I think the need for treatment of cholesterol, in my opinion, based upon the information that I've heard and some of the research that I've read, I think it's overstated as to how effective um, aggressive treatment of cholesterol is relative to heart disease risk. I just, I, I, I don't necessarily think it's the same way. I, I don't think people died in the streets 100 years ago of diabetes and coronary artery disease and they had, you know, bacon and eggs for breakfast every day. Right? I mean, they, they were different. It's a different environment. I think it's more holistic than that to be able to say that specific medical thing is one issue. Now, I'm not trying to get off on that tangent, but the, the idea is that do you fit well with a chiropractor that may be wanting you to prescribe things that maybe you do or do not believe in? And you still have a standard of care and an ethical obligation to your patients to tell the truth and honesty about the, the, the efficacy and safety of the things that you're prescribing. And you as a provider should be not extending yourself to risk of malpractice because you're, you know, saying, oh, this, you know, rhino horn from, you know, South Africa is the best thing for impotence. You know, I mean, okay, that maybe, but, you know, better back it up with some studies. Oh, puppy dog is mean. Oh, you, you want to say hi? My puppy dog's name's Henry. He's a good pup, huh? Yep, he's tough. All right. So do we do you have the same philosophy of that care? And and maybe you do, and that, that might be a perfect fit for you. I mean you might be a, a good extension of that practice and you might be able to uh, play off of each other's strengths and weaknesses. That might be a great opportunity for you. If you are a hardcore diehard, you know, I follow the medical guidelines and um only those guidelines and i don't trust herbals and i because you don't know what you're going to get and fda doesn't approve those and blah 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 blah, blah. i'm kind of somewhere in the middle i think that some herbals are okay as long as you don't turn a blind eye to the medical standard of care as well can you do supplemental therapies to traditional medicine i think it's good a good plan i think i'm okay with that so I think that's a personal choice. But as far as can you work for a chiropractor, not legally as a collaborative, but you can if you have another collaborative or if you don't have a collaborative situation, you can work with a, with a chiropractor. There's nothing that says in a non-collaborative state, in a full practice authority state, that you can't be employed by anybody. You can do whatever you want. It's just your scope of practice has to be your scope of practice per your board of nursing. And that's the be all end all.
So you got to be smart about it. You got to know what your board of nursing says on the rules. So go back and listen. If you guys have specific questions on that one, I'd love to hear them. Don't forget, you can email me, jeff at thenpdude.com. You can always catch me on uh, Facebook as well. Just give me a PM there as well. You can get me personally at Jeff Powers too. So um, one of the other things I want to talk about, this exempt status thing, right? And it just, it's, I keep seeing it. I've seen it, I don't know, a dozen times since I've done that show. And I've, and I've linked people back to it, but it still seems like there's a ton of people that just don't get it. And the idea that's out there is that people assume that because you have a salary that you are exempt. And that's not necessarily what gets you exempt status. There's a bunch of different exempt status requirements that are by law. There's a federal law. There's also state laws that will get you there as well. Fair Labor Standards Act is what it is from a federal standpoint. And then wage and hours, usually it's usually the state wage and hour board that will govern the state rules. And they usually mirror each other as well. So when I see somebody say, well, I've been working six hours a day, on these days, and it was guaranteed that I was going to get paid hourly for six hours a day, but I'm spending eight hours a day in the office, and I don't get paid more, and I'm, you know, I think I should get paid hourly for that, but yet I, my deal was for six hours. It depends on your friggin' state, guys. It really does. It really depends on the state. I could tell you what it was in Ohio a decade ago, but in my opinion, I cut the deals when I do my deals. I do 50 bucks an hour, 100 bucks an hour, 90 bucks an hour, 75 bucks an hour, whatever it is, 250 bucks an hour uh, is my hourly rate, and I go up to 40, and then I go after that, I figure out what it is, and then we just kind of go from there. Is it something that we want to negotiate that after 40, it's it's salaried, I cap out at 40, or do we want to cut a deal that we can contract around the exempt status versus non-exempt status. So it just really depends on your circumstances and what kind of leverage you have in your contract. But if you say, I'm an employee, I'm not a contract employee, I'm going to go work for XYZ company and I'm going to make, you know, Y dollars an hour, then in reality, you are going to be seen and viewed as a salaried exempt employee. Why are you exempt? Because you fall within the professional exemption. You don't need to go any more further than that. It has nothing to do with what you make per hour. It doesn't have anything to do with if you work 38 hours a week or 14 hours a week. It doesn't matter. You're exempt because of the type of work that you do. Now, there's also a total dollar amount that's high earners that's an exemption for that. There's um, professional exemption. There's... Um, the, an exemption for um, executive status. So like if you're the CEO, CFO or something like that, there's an exemption for that. So there's a crap ton of different exemptions, but because you're a professional as an APRN, you automatically meet the exemption wage an hour and that doesn't no longer applies to you. Do not get time and a half. You do not get time and a half. You do not, do not, do not get time and a half if you're a true employee. Now, if you're a contract employee, you can write the contract to say that you know above so many hours in a in a in a work week, then um, then I get paid this. That's between you and your employer if you want to cut that deal, or you can do it as a productivity system or something like that, which throws everything else. It's just how you decide to make money is between you and the organization. It has nothing to do with anything else. Okay, so the the big picture here is salary means crap. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. Salary. Oh, I'm salaried, so I'm I'm exempt. No, <laughs> you could say you're salaried, but that doesn't make you exempt. You're exempt because you're professional. It's semantics, but it matters, and it matters because it's those people that work less than forty hours a week. So if you work thirty-two hours a week, and you you um, 
want to follow the true exempt rules, you have to look at your state's rules. In Ohio, here's how it used to be. And I don't know what it is now because I've never had to look it up and I don't care. If I really need to for somebody, I will. I'll look it up and relearn it. But here's what it used to be. If you worked over four hours in any one given workday, you would get paid for eight hours of time. But if you worked over eight hours of time, you got paid for eight hours of time. So it's in your best interest not to take advantage of the situation because your, your boss is just going to fire you. So if you work, say on, on, on uh, you know, look at my schedule, for example. I'll just give you a hint of my schedule. So Tuesdays, I work six hours because I live far away. So let's say six hours. So in reality, could I go to my boss and be a jerk and say, look, I want paid for my two hours. If the rule is still the way it was when I learned it back in law school, yes, I could. I could go up to him and say, look, you're underpaying me by two hours. But later in the week when I put in more than eight hours, I'm not going to get paid for that. So at the end of the day, in my personal circumstance, it comes out in the wash. I'd rather just get paid for the time I'm there. Why be a jerk about it, right? But could I go to the rule, to the, to the wage and hour board and say, look, I want you to help enforce this. Here's a violation. I'm following blah, 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 blah. Maybe. You know, I might be able to swing that. I might get a little extra, but those times that I'm working extra and getting paid for it, it's, it's, it's a wash. So the problem is, is that if you go and say, you know what, I want to work five hours a day every day this week. So it's five, that's 25 hours of, of, of actual work. Under wage an hour in Ohio, the way it used to be was that you would basically get paid for 40 hours, even though you only put in 25. The theory of that was that, you know, next week you're going to work 70 and you're going to make it out. And it, after you go for the balance of the entire year, it's going to come out in the wash and that you're going to be about 40 hours a week. That's, that's really the reason they do it. Now, does that mean that's the case? If you work 70 hours a week every week and you're still salaried, quote unquote, and you're an exempt employee, you get paid for 40. Then you just have to work that into your deal the next time you renew your, your negotiation or if it's time for you to leave, maybe it's time to, to leave, but you don't get caught with your pants down the next time you do that type of deal. Because then you're going to just go and say, look, I know I'm going to spend 70 hours a week doing this. My time's valuable. Instead of basing my salary on a 40-hour work week, I'm going to base it on a 70-hour work week. And I need to make 30% more or 40% more than what I was making for the 40-hour work week. And that's the deal you make. Now, if you chronically work 25 hours a week and you're getting paid for 40, how long do you think your employer is going to put up with that crap? So I, I seem to like the hybrid idea of, if I work an hour, I get paid for an hour. And if I go up to around 40 and I max out at 40, then it's salary. Because in reality, that my, you know, my deal that I would want to cut would be based upon a 40-hour work week. And, and if I have to work more than that occasionally, it's not a big deal. It's just part of the cost of doing business. If I have to chart from home or if I've got stuff like that, that's, that's time I'm putting in. I'm not getting paid for it. It's the way it is. Welcome to professionalism. It's the way it is. So when you chart from home for two hours or three or five or 10 or 12 hours on a weekend, that's donation. But in reality, it's stuff that you just couldn't get done during the week. Do a better deal next time negotiating. That's why you need to call me if you're in Ohio and you need help with your contract. See, there it is. So it, it, I hope I clear it up. It's so frustrating. It's difficult because I see people just say, oh, you're exempt. You get paid for 40 and that's it. And I'm like, no, it really depends on your state. It really, really does. And they're, they're very different. Some of them are six hours. Some are four hours. Some are you get paid hourly up until 40. It just really depends on the state. They're all very different. They're not, they're not the same state, state statutes. I wish they were. It'd make things easier. 
but it really really doesn't work that way. I hope that clears it up. Did I clear it up? Did I screw it up? Did I make it more complicated? I don't know. If you guys have questions on exempt status or contract employee status versus uh, at will status, please email me, jeff at the npdude.com. I appreciate what you guys are doing to help just spread the word about the show. I'm having so much fun. I've been learning so much from you guys because some of these, every now and then I get a question. I'm like, wow, <laughs> that was somebody's thinking. I didn't even think about that. It was from an angle I wasn't even thinking about. So keep those things coming to me, guys. I really, really, really am just having a blast. So spread the word. Don't forget to like and share the show as much as possible. Tell your friends about what's going on. There's this crazy guy talking into a recorder that's just trying to help people out. Use the Amazon affiliate link, guys. I really need your help. If you guys want to keep this thing going and you want to make this a sustainable uh, project and just a, right now it's hobby for me. I'm not making any money. Um, ooh, chronic intractable t-shirts. I'm working on it. I got my design done and I've contacted a t-shirt vendor that's kind of near me and I've got to send some information to him. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll have some t-shirts and, uh, I'll post those on the, on the website so you guys can see what they look like. If anybody wants one, you let me know. I'm going to give them to you basically at cost. I don't care. I'm not making money off this. It's just more for fun. And, uh, so I'll, I'll get those done here hopefully in the next couple of weeks, hopefully before Thanksgiving. That's the, that's my goal is before Thanksgiving. We'll get some chronic intractable t-shirts. And if you're new to the show, a chronic intractable is my uh, is a fan of the show. It's somebody that's like always there, and it and it never goes away, right? So it's chronic and it's intractable. And it's what you guys are. So keep uh, keep up the great work, guys. I'm having so goddamn much fun with you guys. Keep it up. All right, guys. We'll talk soon. Have a great week. Have a great Monday. We'll talk soon.